stories of innovation and success from the vibrant communities of rural Nova Scotia. This is Ignited. Hello, I'm Amanda Langley. You may not know me, but I'm the new co-host of Ignited for a special series on women founders. Wade, what do you think about having a co-host? I think it's about the most exciting thing that I have done for the last little while. And we have great chemistry together. We do. And we are interviewing some pretty amazing female entrepreneurs. So let's get to that. This time through, we're joined by interior designer Kelly Duprat of Duprat Designs in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. A Yarmouth native, Kelly always dreamt of becoming an interior designer, and that dream led her to Montreal to study at Design School, where she met her husband, Dustin. Now, that meeting has led to a career that has spanned two countries and multiple states and provinces. Kelly and Dustin settled in Yarmouth in 2011 and soon after started Duprat Designs. Their designs and beautiful custom furniture and cabinetry has garnered them many clients and a lot of fans of their work. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. It feels like you're bringing a bit of the maybe the city to rural areas or that there's there's a sophistication to the stuff you do that I just I just <laughs> I love it. Fan. I, yeah, I, I guess so. That's great. I, I'd love to have you come look at my house, except oh. I'd be embarrassed to have you come oh, look at my no, house. Don't you know ever I mean? feel that way. I our clients say that often. They're like, oh God, I have to have you over first before you can see it all. Don't mind the mess. Don't mind the no. That it's funny how we all everyone, say that. It's true. It is true. Even I'm like, I feel the need to say that before I have people over. Okay, don't mind the mess. But yeah, we all we all feel that way about our own space sometimes. <laughs> we, have, we should embrace our mess. It, well, we totally should. Yeah. Life. Life is busy. <laughs> Life we don't is always beautiful. have a time. It's a to, beautiful mess. Yeah. yeah, it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> so you're based in Yarmouth? We are. Right across the street. Literally. Literally, yeah. I'm really curious about your story because I've gotten little bits and pieces of it. You kind of always wanted to do this, didn't you? I have. I've always had an interest in it. And you're from here originally. I am from here, Yarmouth, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then you went to Montreal. Is Montreal where you trained? Yeah, it was a a program. Um, when When I was younger and kind of knew that I was interested in design, um, there wasn't really anywhere around here for me to, you know, go to school or get an education. And um, so I kind of put it on the back burner at first. Um, I studied here at Burridge. I took a business, the BIT program, I think it was called then, um, because I knew someday I wanted to have my own business. I wasn't 100% sure what it would end up being, but I knew that that was a great foundation to have and that it would, you know, open some doors along the way. And I really enjoyed the course and and, uh, the teachers here, and I was able to do it at home, which was great. And after I graduated there, I got a job in Halifax at the QE2. I was working for the Vice President of Corporate Development, so that opened, uh, you know, another bunch of doors that I wasn't expecting, and I traveled a lot. I traveled Europe, and I, you know, so that continued to spark my interest in design and you know I saw beautiful architecture around the world and and it kind of brought me back to my original passion and I thought yeah okay so how can I do this now and I was living in Halifax so I was a little bit more comfortable with city life and um, so then I started looking into where I could study and the closest school east of Montreal that was fighter accredited was in Montreal um, and that's the foundation of interior design and uh, education and research. So I decided I was going to move to Montreal and um, I did. And when was that? That was in, I think, either 2003 or four. That was a long time ago. <laughs> the dates are fuzzy, but yeah, I think it was 2003. 
So it was a four-year program condensed uh, into three years, and all of our professors were architects and, you know, masters in architecture, and they were, it was a great program. So we had like 12-hour studio classes three times a week, and it was, it was a long and intense program. And did you know you were going to be based in Yarmouth, like when you were taking, no. you're like, I'm going back home? Nope. I had no idea where it was going to take me. I was open to wherever in the world I landed. And um, I met my husband there in school. He was studying with me, and he's from Vermont. Um, so when we graduated, we actually moved back to Vermont and uh, had a business there for several years. Okay. And then I kind of got homesick and decided that I wanted to move home. And luckily, he loved it here, too, and he was up for the journey. Great. There's a lot of fearlessness in that story that I I really (laughs) admire, you know, just, okay, let's go do this. Let's follow our dream and let's go here and then we'll go somewhere else. It's great when your spouse is interested and passionate about the same thing you are. So that's what really kind of drew us together in school is we realized that we had so many things in common. So um, we knew that we wanted to do that journey together. And um, we work extremely well together. So it's been, it's been great fun. I'm wondering what the reception was once you kind of showed up and said, okay, this is what we're going to do. Was there a lot of buy-in originally or was it, was it a slow build? How did that kind of all come together? I know growing up there were a few people in the area, I can think of, uh, you know, at least one that, um, and I don't know if they had formal training or not, but I know that there were a few people before me that were, uh, that you know, were working as a designer in the area. I didn't really know them at the time, so I wasn't able to, um, you know, really hone in on what they were doing in the area. But um, when I moved home, a lot of people kind of thought, you know, you're crazy, you're probably not going to be able to find work here. When we moved home, it was 2011. Mm-hmm. The boat was gone. Half of Main Street was closed and boarded up. It was kind of a scary time to move home because... Mm-hmm. We weren't sure if our industry was going to be a viable option here or not. Um, So when we first moved home, my husband had an extensive background in construction before he even went to school for design also. Um, So we kind of thought that, you know, maybe getting into construction a little bit would be a, a... kind of a natural progression into what we wanted to do. We both, when we moved home, we wanted to kind of get our feet under us first a little bit. We saw that the economy wasn't as strong when we first moved home. Um, So we knew that we needed to do something short term, you know, so we both took jobs. Um, I actually started working for a friend of mine who had an accounting firm, which, you know, I got to rely back on my business um, education here from Burridge. And, um, and he actually started work at a, a local cabinet shop. So we, we wanted to kind of feel the area a bit before diving into our own business again, which was smart because, you know, we needed to understand the way the economy was at the time, which was not great. So in 2015, um, he decided to make the jump and opened a business. And um, over the next few years, we sort of built a a great client base. I joined the company in 2016 uh, once we saw that there was sort of enough growth and and a spot for me to join. And then in 2019, we started DuPrat Designs uh, as its own entity, uh, just the two of us. So that was a lot of fun. 
And the company has grown incredibly since we opened, which we're very grateful for because it was in the midst of a very crazy time. The, you know, the beginning of COVID was when we when we started. So, is it just the two of you, or do you have other staff now? We have uh, another staff, so it's a small team. There's three of us, but essentially, Dustin and I are the ones that do all the design work and not, you know, meet with clients and. And is that mostly based in Southwest Nova Scotia, or we initially started mostly in Southwest Nova Scotia. We now have clients in Halifax. Uh, we now have clients in New England. We've got some big jobs coming up in the states, uh, which is really exciting. So we are, you know, we're organically growing. I guess I find that so interesting because I spend an awful lot of time with my wife watching HGTV and oh, yeah. all of those design <laughs> shows, and I think that's where a lot of the inspiration comes for me. I always thought these things are so amazing. And I can see that people who would watch those kind of stories when they find out that there is a local place where you can go would reach out and contact. But even like, for example, as I started out, I'd almost be afraid for you to come look at my place. <laughs> no. but, but usually I love design too. Yeah. And I've done a couple projects with clients as a side hustle. Yeah. Usually people are so receptive. They want you so much to help them yes. and, and, mm-hmm. they and see for the you to help picture. them understand yeah. what they want their space to be like. And they haven't been able to do that. So they're usually like so thankful, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah they have that moment uh, where they're apologizing for the place. And they they're like, please yes. come in, just take over and show me what to do. Tell me how to make this space better. Mm-hmm. It's great when we work with families and a lot of my client base is female, but a lot of the time, too, we have couples, or um, and it's great to work with the whole families and get the families involved, you know, because it's their space. This is their home and where they live and where they take sanctuary, where they, you know, come home and relax. And so it's a very personal space. The backdrop for families. to their story. It, it, absolutely. So it's great to work with everyone and understand how everybody lives and functions within their space and how they want their space to be better. Do you find that you did this kind of work in other places? Is this region what people want, like their aesthetic and the design that you're being asked to do? Is it different? Um, A little bit. I find, um, you know, having studied in Montreal and, and living in a few big cities, they're so far ahead design-wise. Here in the Maritimes, we're a little bit behind on the trends and a little bit behind what we see people wanting, which is normal. And I think our lifestyle, too. Yes. Like what what we actually need our space to do and be. Right. Yeah. So I see a little bit um, trends kind of come and go. For the most part, I want to create a space that's timeless for my clients. I don't want it to be trendy if something comes out, you know, that's a specific color pattern or, you know, they want to follow that. A lot of my clients want a space that's going to stand the test of time and be timeless in their space. They don't want to have to redo it all in a few years just because they made a few choices that were trendy. Is it people with older homes that are asking you to do things or is it anybody? Is it somebody with a bungalow saying, can you come do my kitchen? Or It's literally everything all across the board. We do a lot of new builds, but we do a lot of renovation work as well. So people with old homes wanting to retrofit new kitchens and baths. Kitchens and, and baths kitchens are the big ones, I feel. Are, yeah, and that's big part of what we do because we're not just a design studio but we actually design and then fabricate what we design so we're actually fabricating custom kitchens custom furniture custom baths so um, we're able to truly take any home any character or style of home and 
give them that space that they want from plans of new builds all the way through to any year and any construction style of home, old homes, we, we do it all. I follow you and I became a big fan by watching your pictures on social media. They're amazing. Thank you. Oh, social media. I social know. media. So important. <laughs> well, that's what I was wondering. Are you scaling up because of social media or is it something else? You said you have customers now in Halifax. You have some in, in New England. Are they seeing you on social media or is it done in another way? Well, I would say social media is a huge part of our following. Um, what we do is so visual. Our industry is so visual. So for people to be able to see what we're doing, we don't advertise at all. We never have. A lot of our clientele is from word of mouth and from seeing what we do and knowing the quality that we produce and just then they start following us so I'll have clients that will reach out and they'll say I've been following you for a year or two I see all the great work you're doing we just love it and you know we've been saving or you know we've been waiting to do our renovations or to build whichever scenario they're in and they're like okay we're ready now we want to reach out now we want you to do our work but yeah social media has been a huge part of being able to get our work out there visually for our clients Mm -hmm. yeah when it comes to getting stuff done, because I know just trying to get a, sometimes a roof on or or windows switched in and out, there's a real issue these days with labor. And, and cost. And, exactly. How do you guys manage that? Is it just the three of you or do you hire people in and out? And, and how hard is that? Our area, there's, you know, there's a pretty big labor shortage, as we're all aware. People are just kind of used to waiting companies and we do work with all the construction companies in the area we've got great relationships with all the sub trades and people know that if they're building or renovating they have to sort of schedule accordingly they need to get their name on a list they choose who they want to work with the contractors the you know the subcontractors they kind of line everybody up but it is difficult because there is a shortage in the area unfortunately and so it's everywhere it's though. everywhere and so the cost of building materials the cost is huge over the past few years years we've we've all seen it you know we all know that the price of materials has gone up uh, drastically with the supply and demand of of the pandemic and everything that's been going on so it's been difficult for people to to continue to build and continue to do the projects in their home that they want to due to those reasons. So it would have had to shift your pricing then too. We held off as long as we could. We saw the prices starting to go up in the very beginning. And so we pre-bought because we've always been booked out so far in advance. We know what our jobs are. You know, for 12 months out, we know exactly what our jobs are that are coming up. So we knew as the prices started to go up that we had to make some drastic shifts in how we operated and how we did business. So we started bulk buying at the beginning of the shortages. So we, I mean, we'd buy 500 sheets of plywood. We'd buy pallets and pallets of hardware that we bring in from Europe. We spent tens of thousands of dollars to be able to complete our project lineup that we had for our clients on time and within the pricing that that we gave when we first started working with them. But after our kind of inventory depleted, you know, towards the end of the year and we had to restock up, rebuy, we did have to adjust our price points because materials kept climbing so drastically. The freights to get materials here went up. I mean, everything just kind of has gone up. So we've had to adjust slightly too to to accommodate that. I want to tell you about our Igniting Women in Business series at Ignite, providing rural women entrepreneurs an opportunity to connect, learn, and build their network through a series of initiatives, including a speaker series, 
gala, and retreat, we hope to inspire and empower rural women in business across the province. The theme is relearning through a women's lens. The sessions offer a space for women to discuss challenges that are faced by rural women in entrepreneurship, with opportunities to learn, network, and socialize. For more information on Igniting Women in Business and to sign up for our events newsletter, visit igniteatlantic.com. What would you say is your biggest challenge in your business right now? For a while, it's been it's been materials, getting the products that we use here. We source products all over the world because we do all items in people's homes, from lighting to furniture to hardware. We source so many things for them that, especially in the last few years with shortages and trying to bring things here logistically, it's been been a challenge. Do you feel like running this sort of a company in a rural community affects your work? It would be different if we were in a hub. If we were in a city hub, it would definitely be different. But I think we've done really well at overcoming those challenges of being in a rural community. You just have to adapt and you learn how to navigate that. And I think we've done it fairly well. But yes, it would be different if we were in a different location, I'm sure. Well, how do you do that? How do you adapt to something like that? I do see, you know, the difference between rural and city. It's it's pretty drastic. You you have things at your fingertips that you wouldn't normally have here. But you also have a quantity of other people doing similar things when you're in a hub. So That's true too. The, you know, definitely there the number of our competitors would be different if we were in a large uh, a larger place. We learned right from school you have to make great connections with what you're doing. So, you know, for all of the products that we bring in, we have suppliers in Toronto, Montreal, Halifax. We've established those connections over the years. We've we've opened those lines of transportation between the, the points and we just kind of cultivate that environment where we can continue to bring things in as we need them. And that's basically how we've adapted. We've learned how to work with being in this space. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask about something that's on your website. There's a spot there that's called Giving Back. I know we had this conversation before, off microphone, if you will, about trying to inspire the next generation a little bit. Which Ignite loves to do. And so I'm, I'm wondering about that. And I know that if someone showed some interest and wanted to reach out to you that you're certainly open to that. Yeah. Um, We've done some children's workshops. Um, Unfortunately, we started as the pandemic was kind of happening and, and underway. And so we did one workshop and it was awesome. It was great. We had a lot of local interest and it was a lot of fun. And unfortunately, we just sort of kind of closed down that facet of the company for a bit. Just the logistics of, of having workshops during the pandemic just became too great. We didn't want our workshops to be a space where people came and potentially got sick. And and it's not something that you wanted to do over Zoom. And it, no. It, it, it's a hands-on. It's a hands-on so, thing, yeah. yeah. We wanted to be able to offer the correct learning environment. Um, so, But we, we do have plans to start up again this year, so we're excited about that. I have been approached by high school students, you know, from some local faculty in, in our local uh, school systems about wanting to become an interior designer and how does someone follow in those footsteps. And I have offered uh, a few different times to meet with students. I'm I'm always happy to talk about my experience and what I had to do to become a designer and offer any guidance if I could. I'm always I'm always available to do that. We've been asked to do co-ops in the past and 
due to the nature of the business and, and the number, uh, you know, our, the number of our team is so small and we run on such tight deadlines, um, sometimes it makes it difficult to take on a commitment for multiple weeks to take students, um, especially the amount of time that I spend with our clients. And a lot of it's confidential where, you know, where I'm in people's homes and we're discussing budgets in it. So it's a little, it's very intimate, the relationship that I have with our clients and how we work with them. So it's not always easy to bring in someone who um, is trying to learn about the industry. Unfortunately, I'd love it to be different, but but my door is always open. My phone's always there. And if anybody has the interest, I'm, I'm happy to guide anyone the best I can. Is it different from the time that you came up and you you learned? Are there any different opportunities? Is there more chances to learn or is it still in Montreal the closest place to go and train? I think there's a lot more opportunity online now. Um, I think people, as long as they're aware of the accreditations that certain programs offer, you definitely want to have a program that is well accredited. But I think that now being in the, the technology, you know, the age of technology that we're in, there are a lot more opportunities than when I went to school or had the interest to study. It's a lot more mainstream now, too. Absolutely. What you said, HGTV, everybody yes. is very in- interested. Absolutely. Back, you know, when I was in grade 12, an interior designer, people didn't really... That was something that rich people had. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just sort of like, oh, that's done in certain parts of the world, but not necessarily. It wasn't something that was common here. Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't easily attainable. I think the pandemic has also made people really take value in their home. Oh, absolutely. And wanting to be anchored to something beautiful. Absolutely. Being um, stuck in, in a small space, you know, people have decided that they should value, put more effort into it absolutely. being reflecting who they are. Yeah. It has to be a place that they feel safe in, that they see beauty in every day, a place that gives them a bit of serenity, and people change their view on their homes quite a bit during that time. (laughs) Yeah, I've definitely seen that. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense. Um, I know you guys are busy. How busy are you? I know that there's probably a waiting list and probably a time lag that would be fairly significant right now. Wade's trying to find out when he can get <laughs> into the company's house. Well, that could have been a subtle way to get that. Are we but talking yes. summer? Or are we talking fall? Are we talking a year? We typically book 8 to 12 months out. Wow. Always, yeah. That's amazing. It is. It is. It's great. It's, um, it's wonderful that we have people that are willing to wait that long. Um, but a lot of people that are coming to us with larger projects, it takes a long time to sort of put those projects in motion anyway. So if somebody's building, a year is well within the course of their project to wait for, you know, that time frame. So it's always difficult when the phone rings and, you know, people are saying, I'm I'm ready for this, you know, when can you come? And and I have to, you know, unfortunately say it's going to be, it's going to be a little <laughs> and if they're hoping for any, you know, within the next few months, it pains me sometimes to say so that. So it's but. good then if you're thinking of it to call and and kind of get on Absolutely. the radar. There is no such thing as too early. A lot of people will come to us before they even have a full set of plans for a new build. Yeah. Yeah. I would assume it starts with a consultation and it then it kind of goes from there. Yep, absolutely. People call and they they give me a little info about their project that they're looking at. And then we set up an appointment. Um, I am by appointment only because I'm so busy. I, I can't just take walk-ins. But um, yeah, we set up an appointment and they come into the office and we talk about their project. And then usually the next step is uh, a site visit if it's a you know an existing home or a renovation and if it's a new build we 
haul out the floor plans and start to, to look at things. What's your favorite thing to design? Oh, um, I really enjoy it all. I know that sounds kind of tacky, but there's no one specific thing. We do specialize in kitchens and baths and custom furniture. And I do, I do really enjoy all of those things. Any space in the home for me is a lot of fun. I don't really have one specific favorite. <laughs> I suppose it varies, but roughly, how long are you talking? Again, it does vary a lot depending on the project, just depending on the scope of the work. You know, if we're doing the whole home, if we're doing, um, you know, a lot of people will come to us with a new build and want us to design the whole space. So at that point, we're involved from the very beginning. We're working with the contractors, the subcontractors. You know, we provide the lighting plant, plans, the electrical. So we're kind of hands-on the whole way through the project. Um, and then typically we're building all the cabinetry for the home in multiple spaces. So we're pretty much involved the whole way through. And then if I'm sourcing furniture and lighting and, and textiles and things, throughout even after the build is complete i generally work with clients for about a year and a half that's wow. kind of the cycle you get pretty close to people uh, we, do. we do absolutely we become close with a lot of people and <laughs> the biggest comment that i hear from clients when we're done if i talk I'm gonna to miss them if, you. yeah it's like yeah. you know if a few weeks go by they're like oh my gosh i haven't talked to you for you a few weeks you every day <laughs> it's like for a year year and a half new friends spend so much time absolutely and yeah. again there's that intimate aspect to it because you're talking about somebody's life it's their living space and there there's an intimacy there oh absolutely and you're creating each space to that individual and how they want their space to be. So it is an incredibly intimate process. You, um, you know, you sometimes get into some some details of, you know, how people want to live. And sometimes they don't always agree with how they want their spaces to be and how they want them to function. So sometimes you're a little counselor on the side, <laughs> a little referee action. Um, but yeah, it is a great process and we get to know a lot of our clients well. And the level of trust has to be huge. It is. It is. A lot of people will kind of just say, we trust you. We know you're going to do amazing work and guide us. We'll, we'll do what you say, which is great that we have that trust yeah so what's next or is there a what's next in terms of scaling because it can't be easy when it's just a small team and it's you guys specifically I mean there's only so many hours in the day do you scale up or do you just work your way down the line and say okay well we've got we've got two years worth of work and then we'll right. kind of go from there yeah, you're kind of in this comfortable place right now yeah, we are. Um, and we do get a lot of questions like that. You know, why don't you just grow if you have such a waiting list? Why aren't you much bigger than you are? We have been bigger than we are in the past. We've had several employees in the past and it's forced Dustin and I to sort of split jobs. We always had multiple jobs happening at the same time. We were always project managing two to three big projects at a time, which became very difficult. We didn't have the hands-on, the creativity and the hands-on relationship that we want with our clients. So now being smaller, we really, everything that comes through 
in our door and out of our door, we we have our hands on. We're really able to control the quality of everything that goes out of our shop. We're, we have that relationship with our clients and we don't want to give that up. So as far as growth, there's probably a little bit of room for us to grow. But as for what's next, we just want to keep doing incredible projects. And expand where we're offering our services, which has sort of been what we're working on now. Projects in the city, projects in New England that we have. We do have a new project coming up at the end of this year that's really exciting and a little bit different for us. Um, So stay tuned to hear what that's going to be. It's going to be a little luxury boutique experience that we're working on for the area. So that's going to be fun. There's no long-term plan, which sounds odd as an entrepreneur. We just, we love what we do every day and um, we just want to keep doing what we're doing. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Kelly, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me and it was great to chat with you both. To find out more about DePratt Designs, visit their website, www.deprattdesigns.com. And follow them on social media, particularly Instagram and Pinterest, for more of their work. It's great stuff. To find out more about rural innovation and what Ignite does, check out our website, IgniteAtlantic.com. Did you like this episode? Well, we'd love it if you subscribed to Ignited, shared us with your friends, and gave us a good review. And we'd love to hear from you. Any comments or suggestions about the podcast or who you'd like to hear on it are most welcome. Our website is IgniteAtlantic.com, and my email is Wade, W-A-D-E, at IgniteAtlantic.com. Amanda, thank you so much for being here. Let's do this again soon. I can't wait. I'm Wade Cleveland. And I'm Amanda Langley. We'll talk again soon.